Let's talk some overlooked stocks, movers that you missed in today's session with Mr. George Tillis joining us from Salt Lake. GT, you got some interesting ones today. Let's start with WW Granger. This is perhaps the most well-known of these three, but kind of a classic industrial parts company, and it's been steadily grinding upwards. It has. For you who don't know Granger, uh, OJ, I'm just going to sort of categorize it as the the Amazon of of industrial distrib distribution products, if you will. They're uh, maintenance, repair, and operating products, or MROs, and anything has to do with industrial repair services, things like safety handling materials, uh, metalworking components, uh, shop mops, even you know uh, groundskeeping equipment for uh, things like hotels and casinos. That's what essentially what. Granger is in the business of distributing. It's actually, uh, ironically or interesting enough, it's actually the 11th largest e-commerce retailer. and It's got about 7% of the total MRO market uh, globally. So it is a very large company. Uh, it actually has very stable and consistent cash flows and earnings. It's paid a consistent dividend. And it's making, as you mentioned, some slow and steady uh, uh, movement to the upside. After actually struggling quite a bit in the last year in terms of sales growth, I mean, last quarter it grew about 3% year over year, but it still has maintained uh, mid-single-digit profitability growth nonetheless. Okay. So, uh, George, GWW up today 2.5%. We saw a strong uh, bounce in the reopening themes. Is this one that we should generally attach to that? I think so. I mean, if you just consider what's going on with the company itself, I mean, just perspectives, they've got about a million and a half products. So that means a huge assortment of products, which means also it becomes very difficult to achieve scalability in any one product. Uh, they actually have uh, one million different customers. They serve uh, over 100 countries and they do so through about 4,500 distributors. And so one of the challenges that Granger has faced is, is trying to, to achieve scalability. Now, with that said, looking at 2020, uh, the stock itself over the last year is up about 56%. But starting in late 2019, 2020, uh, this company, I like companies that don't play chicken. In other one's words, when times are tough, uh, this is a company that spent money versus sort of ratcheted back spending. And what they're doing mm -hmm is they're trying to, of course, achieve scalability. And uh, with that said, if you look at 2020's numbers, uh, the e-commerce sales, in other words, direct-to-consumer sales numbers were about 75%. So it's becoming more of a full-fledged e-commerce player versus, again, uh, through a, a traditional network of distributors, which also relies more on, if you will, uh, capital equipment, more manpower, sales uh, people, and so forth. So I think what's happening here is, is that the company has gained more products, more market share over time, but the challenge has really been scalability. And I can tell you this, if you just look at its gross margins, again, that's the, the, uh, the, uh, the price of uh, goods sold minus the cost of goods sold, X anything else, it's about 35%, which is actually respectable for any, any, any company that's in a products uh, or an industrial products uh, space. But if you dig down and look at their EBITDA margin, it's only about 5%. So 35% gross margins is translating only about 5% earnings growth. And so I think that's the challenge Granger has faced from a stock performance standpoint. Otherwise, I think the stock would be much higher than it is. Mm. But it does have plenty of free cash flow uh, relative to sales, about 13%, paying about a 1.5% dividend yield. I think this is really a company, OJ, uh, that is going through a transition to become a more e-commerce centric. Mm. And with that said, improving its profitability relative to its gross margins. I think I see that going forward. Now that could come from 
inorganic acquisition, but it also could, could come from the manifestation of uh, spending the last year, for, uh, for the most part, trying to uh, capitalize on their e-commerce growth, targeting now small and mid-sized businesses as well, uh, and trying to improve that scalability to improve those EBITDA margins with, again, top-line sales to be expected somewhere in the mid to perhaps even uh, the high single digits. Okay. The magic words of e-commerce uh, as we see kind of old school companies adapt uh, their business models and now we're pushing back up against the highs. So right. GWW looking pretty good right now. Uh, George, let's keep going here. Open Door Technologies, a, a very interesting digital uh, real estate uh, company, a platform that has found some attention in the extreme home buying environment we've been in. Just an unstoppable uh, market here for housing. But the stock has gone the opposite way. So what is going on here? Yeah, so I mean, the housing market's just, uh, it's its ridiculous to say the least. There's actually more real estate agents, this is a little factoid, more real estate agents that uh, in the in the country than there are home, homes for sale. Right. Just because people just don't have a place to go if they choose to sell their home. Now, Open Door Technologies is a new company. It's a reverse merger via SPAC back in December. There's not a lot of data in it. Uh, so I'll explain what I think about it in just a sec from a financial standpoint. But it's a real estate services technology company, and it's actually a very unique one, and I think a very needed one. Uh, if you look at what's going on, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the master listing service, or MLS, is really uh, an uncompetitive monopoly that's held by the National Associations of Realtors. That means that it's very cumbersome, costly, and time-consuming to sell or buy our home. And I think Open Door Technologies is a disruptor company that is, again, competing with other companies out there, uh, with Zillow, Redfin, and so forth, to of course streamline and bring the uh, buying and selling uh, of home experience more digital-based and less, again, fee and, and, and centric-based uh, that uh, the uh, traditional way of doing uh, uh, home selling has been. It's very costly. So the bottom line, uh, anything that has to do with reducing costs to both buyers and sellers, uh, providing more data information, streamlining the process, including title and escrow uh, services. I think that's a, a huge boom for the industry. And that provides value down to the buyer and seller, I think is very, uh, very disruptive. And I think Open Door is one of these companies. Uh, but with that said, a couple of challenges. One is, is that there's already some incumbent companies like Zillow and Redfin, which are already doing this. Uh, and two, uh, one of the things is exposure uh, and generating advertising and listing fees. And that's what Open Door is going to be doing in the next year. They're only available in terms of their services in 21 cities. They expect to double it to 42 this year, which is certainly a catalyst. But uh, unfortunately for this company, it got caught up in the SPAC movement. Now, it's down about uh, 18 or so percent uh, in the, in, on a year-to-date uh, basis, not too bad relative to some of the other SPACs out there. But it is a company that is about $10 billion still in market cap uh, with about uh, 100, uh, 100 in, I'm sorry, $263 million in revenue mm. last quarter. Okay. George, is there any possibility that these companies might be uh, kind of a leading heads up for housing as a whole if the brokerages and the uh, websites are starting to pull back? Is it possible they're sniffing out maybe the peak of the housing trend? It's, it's quite possible. Actually, that's a good point to bring up. I, I think when you look at Open Door, Zillow, Redfin, uh, they're technology companies. So I'm going to put them in the camp of 
Okay. We got caught up in the uh, the speculative boom and also the Boston technology. Okay. I don't necessarily think it's indicative of the housing market just yet. I think home builders are a little bit more so than than these companies. Uh, real estate uh, firms like CBRE would also be more telling if the real estate bubble is popping. Right. Uh, so, but but I think overall, when you look at Open Door, you know, because there's not a lot of information, you have to go with what analysts are providing. And if you look at the six analysts that cover the company. Uh, altogether, they've got a price target in the $34 range. So that's quite a bit above its target. Now, what I did is I looked at its revenue estimates. And as I mentioned, last quarter, uh, sales were $263 million. For the upcoming quarter, which I believe they're reporting in May, they're expecting in the $620 million range. And I'm going out again from Q1 of 2021 after the report, assuming they hit that, to Q1 of 2022, they're expecting $1.6 billion. So what we're seeing here, based on the estimates, is a huge increase in, in revenue growth. So you know, this is a company, I think, that is a disruptor, has a great potential, but it also has a lot of revenue estimate mm. projections that okay. might back it. So I keep an eye on this one for sure. Yeah. I mean, one day doesn't make a trend change. Sure. The stock did well, you got Kathy Wood buying it. In the, in the spec tech space. Put in the ARC space, yeah, still I mean, got the magic it. touch. Yeah, yeah. They, they did. And today, again, a lot of our stocks are moving higher. But again, I, I, I stress that these stocks are still in a downtrend. So one one mm. day doesn't, doesn't change a downtrend. All right. That's our theme then. Reversal day here. Let's go to laser next, George. Last one. We've got about a minute here. Luminar Technologies. This is one of the LiDAR uh, tech plays for autos and autonomous vehicles in particular. We had about, from my count, a dozen days down straight in a row. And today, finally, it woke up, jumped 15%. Yeah. So again, uh, today was a day of uh, let's call it bounce of these uh, of these yeah. uh, high right. growth momentum technology names. So laser is no doubt one of these names to also consider in that space. But it is in the autonomous vehicle space, uh, sensors and software, lidar technology, uh, which again is going to be driving us around uh, without a driver. In other words, autonomous vehicles. So uh, it is locked in this industry. It's one of the competitors. There are multiple. Uh, Intel, Mobileye is, is one competitor. Tesla is another competitor in this space. Uh, interesting enough, LiDAR uh, does have a relationship with Intel, but uh, ironically enough, is actually competing with Intel. Uh, Mobileye is going to bring their LiDAR technology to, uh, to commercial mainstream application. So I think the, the relationship, technologically speaking, with LiDAR that uh, Intel and LiDAR have uh, is kind of like Apple and Qualcomm. They have partnerships to the point where maybe, you know, Apple decides to build their own modem chips and maybe decides that Qualcomm's are better. That might be the case here with, uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, Laser. But let me look at the financials quickly. I know, OJ, we got to go. But this one's a little bit more stressed. And what I mean by that is mm. uh, market cap $7 billion. And again, looking at last quarter's sales, not even $5 million bucks. So if you look at price to sales in this company, still relatively aggressive. So despite today's uh, price movement, uh, this is one to certainly keep an eye on and, until it really confirms a, a reversal uptrend, perhaps breaking above 50-day moving average, or at the very least, maybe uh, looking on a weekly chart above the 30-week moving average. Okay. George, thanks for the details here. I really like the uh, theme of the beaten down bouncers today. LiDAR tech and real estate tech and then WW Green, you're kind of doing its own thing there from the industrial side. We got to run, George. Thank you, sir.